Good afternoon. So, <clears throat> I got a little bit of a study. I don't know how long this will go. I don't want to call it a rant, but maybe a little bit one. But what I'd like to start off with is, uh, it's just so apropos that the one song we sang at the end of uh, this morning's service, How Firm a Foundation, number 154, the line in here, How Firm a Foundation. Now, what is the foundation in the context of the song? How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. Okay, we're going to look at that. Now, it go, kind of goes without saying that social media is a little bit corrupt. <laughs> There's all kinds of absolute nonsensical, crazy, stupid, pathological things on there from every corner of the world of everything you could think of. Now, every once in a while, there's just something that just makes me recoil a little bit and just raise an eyebrow and go, huh? Like, of course, there's all the degeneracy and everything, and that's, that's enough. But when it comes down to religious or spiritual things, every once in a while, I come across something like, no, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, and that happened this past week. I saw a post. It made me do a double take. It was by far one of the absolute dumbest things I have ever read. It was very simple. It was a, from a Catholic, Roman Catholic account on Instagram. And people say, oh, what are you doing looking at that stuff? Well, I go across every religion's uh, accounts and stuff to post the gospel, and it just annoys them that their stuff winds up showing up in my feed, so I just keep posting it, and it's just a battle back and forth. But anyways, this is one post to show there's a picture of Jesus, it's supposed to be Jesus, his face, he's looking like this, like frowning at the readers. And the caption was, I gave you a church, not a Bible. <laughs> now, how do you respond to that? I didn't know what to say at first, and I just kind of closed the, the app, and I'm just... Okay, I gotta take a break for a while. I set that aside. I was recoiling from that a bit. And like, no, no, I gotta say something. So I went back. I went into the comments and, and uh, I'm like, Lord. And immediately, just uh, a comment came to my mind that I, I was I was gonna write down. I says, it says, you know, that's exactly what Satan would say. Yea, hath God truly said? I typed that in the comment. Needless to say, they didn't like that. But uh, the cult logic that attacks Sola Scriptura. Now, Sola Scriptura is uh, the, the one uh, point that the Word of God, the Scriptures, are the absolute final authority in all aspects of faith and practice of faith. It's not creeds, catechisms, commentaries, popes, priests, or kings. It's the Word of God. It is our final absolute authority in all aspects of faith and practice of faith. 
It does not matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you have dreamt. It doesn't matter what your visions are. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All else in the entire universe is absolutely, utterly irrelevant when it comes to the authority uh, of our spiritual walk and ask on things of God and the faith. Now, the Catholics, now in case some people are wondering, this is not just for you folks, but also everyone online, in case anyone asks, yes, I have studied, I have read the Roman Catholic Catechism, and I wish I didn't. Yes, I have studied the doctrinal statements of the Orthodox Church, I have studied the doctrines of the Anglican and all the rest of them, uh, I study these things, and it is absolutely mind-blowing what they actually believe. Absolutely mind-blowing. But the one main point on it is that the Word of God is categorically not the authority of the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church. Now, a few weeks ago, I did a reaction video. Some of you may remember, some of you online do, do remember. I did a video where I played, uh, I did a reaction to a video that I played of an Orthodox priest railing against and mocking the Protestants and the non-Catholic, non-Orthodox, uh, the Christians that believe in Sola Scriptura. He's mocking it, calling it nonsense and illogical and ignorant and all the rest of it. But the Catholic Church is exactly the same. They categorically do not believe that the Bible is the final authority. They, even with the idea that they can so adamantly say that Jesus left us a church and traditions, not a Bible. Okay. I was thinking, how in the world am I going to react to this? And uh, verse after verse after verse after verse kept coming up. And even with that, okay, bear with me just a moment. I'm not being ignorant to the Bible or anything. But that uh, if you set this Bible aside just for a second, and you look at the reasoning of it, okay. If the idea that God left us a church and traditions and the Bible is not the authority. Okay, well, how, how do you know it's supposed to be Jesus-centric? How, how, how are you supposed to know that there is a heaven, there's a hell, know what sin is, know what righteousness is, know, know what's right and wrong? How are you supposed to know that there's supposed to be a church or that you're supposed to gather and, or any of these things or even the, the remembrance table? Well, where does all this come from? Wouldn't that be from the Bible? Would you be getting all the ideas of these things from the Bible? They're kind of shooting themselves in the foot by this stupid, ignorant statement. And uh, we take a look then at the very logic then, okay, if the Bible is not your authority, what is? You are. <clears throat> so with that then, you see, okay, well, then that means anything I think, feel, or believe, or, or that the hierarchy of your cult believes, that that's the authority, that's what it is. So, okay, what about goddess worship? Well, that's not in the Bible, but they say. So you, Mary is the most important part of the Godhead. Well, the Bible says Jesus Christ is Lord and that it's all under his name. Well, but he needs his mommy. But the Catholic Church, they, I, I have even seen uh, in some Catholic churches, they actually have Mary on the cross. You see, this is what happens when you walk away from the Bible as your final authority. If the Word of God is not your final authority, everything else under the sun goes. Yea, have God truly said you're going to eat the fruit. 
Yea, hath God truly said, you're going you're gonna to worship Jesus' mommy. Yea, hath God truly said, and you're going to start saying, you've got to atone for your own sins in the fires of purgatory until you're holy enough to enter the bliss of heaven. That's a quote from the Catechism. Well, if, if the Bible's not your authority, well, I can't pray to God because he's too, he, he's too angry at my sin. So I can, I can pray to the saints. I can pray to the dead. Even what the Bible says to pray, not for the dead. Well, that's, that, that's not my authority. The Pope says I can. Well, which Pope? The, the uh, Pope Sylvester, who was a, actually a black sorcerer in the Dark Ages and is actually condemned for that? Or, which, or what about the other Popes who were debaucherous evil, wicked prostitutes who would hold, hold all kinds of orgies in the Vatican. Which Pope then, uh, that the Pope, according to the Catholic, is supposed to be absolutely sinless and holy and without blame? Well, which ones? What about this new Pope that is actually bringing and inviting all of the other demonic cults and even cults of weird... Uh, goddess worship from the Amazon, bringing their idols in, he's kissing their idols. But the Bible says have no graven images. Oh, wait, yeah, that's right. They took out that part out of the Ten Commandments, the part of making graven images. They actually took that out of the Bible, took the last one uncovering, split it into two, so there's still ten. See what happens when you abandon from the Bible. You also get the modern liberal progressive Christians where it says, whatever you feel. Well, the dream I had last night. Well, how do you know that wasn't from the mushrooms from your, from your pizza? You have to, what the Bible says is just to test everything. Well, what if your feelings, your ideas, your opinions, your personal interpretations or whatever, what if what you are holding contradicts what the Bible flat out says? Who's right? You see, it comes down to God says this in John chapter 6, verse 63. Let's take a look at John 6, 63. Yes, it's turning into a little bit more of a ring. <laughs> well, Jesus is talking with the Pharisees and all the other people. And you see, he's also talking in the synagogue here about uh, if you accept to eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And they're not, one, they're not figuring out what this means. And Jesus goes on to say something in verse 61. Now, this is actually one of my favorite verses. I like this. I use this one often when I'm talking to liberals. In John 6, 61, when Jesus knew in himself, his disciples murmured at it. He said unto them, doth this offend you? <laughs> I love that. Does this offend you? Are you triggered? Does this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up to where he was before? Verse 63. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words. The words are spirit. They are life. Now, Hold your finger there for a moment. Please go back to Psalm 138. Psalm 138. Now I want you to look at this. Now, how high and holy is the name of Jesus Christ? Well, that's pretty high and holy. The name is above all names, at whose name every knee will bow and every tongue shall swear. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Even the devils flee at his name. His name is so powerful. But look at this. Well, Psalm 138, verse 2. I worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. 
For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. How high and holy is the name of Jesus Christ? His word is above his very name. Now think about that one just for a moment. Now the absurdity of this statement, we've left you a church and traditions, not a Bible. Okay, who, who would want to attack the authority of the word of God that's above the very name of Jesus Christ? Think about that one. His word is above his very name. You know how many verses there are in the Bible uh, regarding this? Isaiah 48, Matthew 24, 35, Psalm 12, 6 to 7, Psalm 138, 2, Psalm 105, Matthew 5, 18, Luke 16, 17, Psalm 119, 152, Psalm 119, 160, 2 Peter 1, 20 to 21, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, Galatians 1, 8 to 9, Revelation 22, 18 to 19, and on and on and on and on about God holding and preserving and protecting his word unto all generations. He preserves his word unto all generations is another passage. The grass withers, the flowers fade, my word will stand forever. Oh, the church is not built upon the word of God. Well, the Catholic church ain't. But Jesus says, says that the words that I say unto you, they are spirit, they are life. Because when you take a look at the word of God, his word is sharper and, and, and quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It discerns, as Jeremiah says, is not my word as a fire and like a hammer that breaks the stone to pieces. The fire of the word of God, it bellows like a fire, it hits like a war hammer, and it cuts to the heart like a sword. At the very sound of the word of God, the devils flee and tremble. Because this is the authority, this came from the mouth of God. And he preserves it to all generations so that we can understand what God has for us. This is how we discern. When the scriptures say when God says to test the spirits to see if they are of God, how do we test them? By our own questioning? Asking, where did you come from? Well, you can't ask devils anything, as they are the fathers of lies, and there's no truth in them. You, they, they are literally incapable of speaking truth. Absolutely anything and everything that they say to you will be twisted in some form that there will be a deception, there will be a lie, there'll be a delusion, there'll be an error somewhere, somehow, in, in all of their careful wording that will be corrupted. You can't trust a thing out of their mouths. So you can't interrogate them like the Catholic Church does, where I bind you in the name of Mary and Michael. Tell me where you came from. Really? The Word of God is the authority that we use we, that everything that's being said, whether pope, priest, or king, or prophet, or whatever so-called, whatever preacher, or other catechism, commentary, creed, or council, you, you test absolutely everything by the word of God. The scriptures are the sieve that you put everything through. Visions, dreams, everything goes through the word of God. And if at any point, even remotely, if it contradicts, those things are wrong, the word of God's true. That's how it's to be. That's how it's supposed to be. It's not what I think, I feel, I believe is irrelevant. The moment we say, you, that someone says, well, I just feel, you're wrong. The moment someone says, well, I believe, you're wrong. 
as Alistair Begg says, the, the, it was regarding the cross and regarding salvation, the moment that we address this and answer this in the first person, we're wrong. When it comes to the faith, it's addressed in the person of Christ. Because Christ says, because God says, because thus saith the Lord, the word of God says, we are out of it. We're removed from the whole thing. The word of God is the final authority. Because if the word of God is not the final authority, then every other kind of error and deception and delusion of men will creep in and we will be corrupted. The moment that the word of God is not your personal, absolute, final authority, not the commentary Bibles that have other guys' opinions in there to tell you what it says, that's the first red flag of a cult. The moment individuals tell you, well, you can't, you can't just read the Bible itself. You have to have all of our books to tell you what it says. <clears throat> Calvinism. So, unless you hold to the five points of Tulip and all the books of Calvinism, you're not Christian. Or any other cult. The moment that has other people's opinions and thoughts in there to tell you what it says, that's a cult. There are Christian cults too. They're born-again Christians, but they have set themselves up as the interpreters of God's Word. The Holy Spirit's the interpreter of the Word. He teaches you all things. He causes you to be in remembrance of everything. He guides you into all truth. He convicts you of that which is righteous and unrighteous, being the holy and the profane. He causes you to be in remembrance of all things. He holds all things to himself. We go to him, not any other man. He left us the scriptures, not traditions. He left us the scriptures, not traditions. And then the video of the Orthodox priest. I had a bit of a mic drop at the end. I was waiting, I was holding on to this one to the end because I really wanted to just blast this mock priest. And he's going on making fun, making fun, making fun of all those who hold to the scriptures and sola scriptura. He's going on about the, about the church of, of Thessalonica and that there's still remnants of their traditions to this day. And in this one building, they even have the chair that the Apostle Paul sat in. That, that, and when he taught them all these things, I'm like, ooh, wow, really? And he's upholding the Thessalonians and their traditions. We follow the, church, the traditions of the church of Thessalonica and all this. And I'm going on. And at the end, I'm like, okay, that's all fine and dandy. Please take your Bible, turn to the book of Acts. Okay, you can hold to the church of Thessalonians and all their traditions and all that kind of thing. And they even have a painting that goes back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It's supposed to be the Apostle Paul. He lived a little more than hundreds of years ago. And, and, and going on and on about the Thessalonians. But in Acts chapter 17, you see, if you actually have the Bible as your authority, you might notice this verse, O mock priest. Look at Acts 17, verse, verse 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now look at verse 11. This is curious. These, the Bereans, were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. What's, what's more noble? Holding the, to the traditions of like the Thessalonians or the Bereans who are more noble because they held to the word of God? You would think it's the latter, the Bereans, by the text, if the Bible is your final authority. But if it's not your final authority, you can just ignore that. 
Whatever you want can be your authority. Look, the Bereans are more noble because what did they do? They received the word, what was said, eagerly accepted that. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yes, fantastic preaching, Paul. Yeah, that's great. That's great. But we just got to just double check this. You got to double check that just a moment. How'd they double check it? By the traditions? His great-grandfather so-and-so started this tradition of this church. You had to wear your flea collar with all the robes and all the stained glass, the buildings and the censers and the candles and all the ornation and tapestry. Or they, or they go, go to the Bible. They search the scriptures. They search the scriptures. The scriptures were the final authority of the Bereans, not even what Paul said. Apostle Paul was not their final authority, even though he was the apostle of the church appointed by Christ as a teacher of Christ. He is not the authority the scriptures are. No man is the authority. No tradition, no pope, priest, or king, no denomination, no other thing in this world. It doesn't matter what we think, what we feel, what we say, what we do. It's irrelevant. You sit in a grassy field, the desert, an island out in the sea, or anywhere else. It doesn't matter where you are, what you are, what's going on. It matters if you have the word of God as your final authority. Thus saith the Lord is the final authority in God's church. But these things are written. Let's take a look at this. Let's go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter, chapter 1. I'm trying very hard to keep myself calm. <laughs> I get very worked up about these kinds of things. All right, so we see 2 Peter, chapter 1. Well, it's good to get worked up about a good thing. Yes, sir. 2 Peter, chapter 1. We can bellow out the hymns. We can bellow out the word of God. 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. Catholicism. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, they, they saw and heard, right? They witnessed these things. All the different things that are going on, the miracles and the traditions. For he received from God the Father, honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. That sounds fantastic. Could you imagine being there and witnessing that? I don't know about you, I think I'd be absolutely terrified standing there and all of a sudden hearing the voice of Almighty God and seeing the spirit of Moses and Elijah and Jesus transfigured in the cloud descending. I'd be terrified out of my mind. But even in all of that, it's irrelevant. For we have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in the dark place of the day, dawn, the day star rise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, traditions. Ideas, opinions, and feelings, oh my. For the prophecy came not in, in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And what they do with this? Let's go over to Timothy. Now we want 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. The word of God is our spirit, is our life, is our help, our power. 
in the faith. What it says. This is how we know who Jesus is. That he's not Michael the archangel. Some lesser prophet. How we know that salvation is by grace, through faith, by belief alone. And that it's not by tra uh, your traditions of orthodoxy and religiosity and churchianity and all the rest. Of it. Well, I've been a good person. That's all irrelevant. What Jesus Christ did on the cross was sufficient. It is, it, it is finished. It was written down. Well, how do we know that? Because it's preserved. What it says, this is how we know how we're saved. Otherwise, we'd be like the Catholic Church in the Dark Ages thinking you're going to get saved by buying indulgences. The same stupid cult of goddess worship that said you could get into heaven by throwing coins in a chest. The moment you throw your coin in the chest, you can free people from hell to heaven. Where does it say that? All these nonsensical cults will always, always attack the word of God. They will always, 100% of the time, attack the word of God. The first red flag of a, of a demonic cult is when people say you can't just read the Bible for yourself. You have to have our stuff to tell you what it means. What does it say in Timothy? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Timothy, sorry, 2 Timothy, my, my mistake. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given, meaning theonoustos, meaning God breathed. God spoke. God spoke it. All Scripture is spoken by God, is what that means. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Not by the will of man. By inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. There's that stuffy word. Doctrine, which just means the teachings of. The teachings of. And profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Look at verse 17. When we hold to the word of God, what, hap what happens? That the man of God may be perfect. 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 Okay. If it's given by God, it's perfect. But if it's by the will of man, by the opinion of man, it wouldn't be perfect. We're corrupted. We make mistakes. You know how many times that, 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 uh, that I've read reports of in public schools or whatnot that uh, the mathematics books, the books of mathematics, how many times that they have to send the books back to, to be re-edited because actually one of the equations is wrong? <laughs> and in science... Well, this pig tooth means that man lived a billion years ago. Well, they always teach all kinds of crazy, stupid science. They can't get science right. They can't get math right. They can't get English right. They can't get anything else right. But, but you, you really think they're going to get religion right? By their own opinions, by their own will, by their own power, by, by, by their own personal religiosity, by traditions of men? Traditions of men? Well, how can we be perfect? Follow the word of God. That the men of God, when we hold to all scripture, as Second uh, Peter Paired with this one, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished to all good works. That in everything that you do, the word of God goes forward. This word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The word of God shows us how to step, where to step, when to step, and tells us and shows us how in everything that we do, even in eating and drinking, do all to the glory of God. What glorifies God? We put our traditions first or we put him first? I left you a church, not a Bible. Well, obviously they haven't read the thing. 
So we see that the Bereans were more noble because they held to the word of God and the scriptures were their final absolute authority in all aspects of faith and practice of faith. They were blessed by Paul. You would think Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, appointed by Christ, accepted into the apostleship at the Apostolic Council of Jerusalem. They accepted him in, and he went forward by the power of God, charged by the Spirit of God to lead people to the faith and found churches and all the rest of this. This man, Apostle Paul, is preaching to the Bereans, and they say, we can't take you at your word. We have to double check, make sure everything you said is right. And what did Paul do? He blessed them. Blessed are you. You're more noble. This, that's the best thing you could have ever done. They didn't take him at his word. They double checked it. Well, if the word of God is not the final authority, if, it, if it's not our final authority, if, as the Catholic Church says, well, we, we, we are the ones that, that compiled the Bible. Our council, we gathered all the scrolls, we poured all over in the, in the councils to determine which books are actually the scriptures. We compiled the Bible. Oh, really? What was it that the Bereans were searching then? So we see, if there are any mi missing books, lost texts, lost manuscripts, then God's a liar. The Catholic Church says it's missing books. You got the book of, uh, the book, the book of Mary, the book of Tobit, the book of Bob all these other so-called books that they say are missing books of the Bible, that they, have, they, don't have, they don't even believe they have the final, all, the rest of all the books. They have the complete word of God. They can't trust it. Well, if, if it's missing text, missing manuscripts, missing books, then God's a liar. Because he said he'd preserve it. He would hold it. That it's above his very name. If he can't even, if a book that's above his very name, if he can't even hold that unto all generations like he said he would, how can you trust the name of Jesus? You see the logic of this. If the scriptures are insufficient and are not our final authority, then neither is Jesus. Then we can't know how we're saved. You can't trust what this book says absolutely on how to be saved. You can't even trust what it says of how I know I'm going to heaven. The moment you question the veracity of the word of God, God's a liar, Jesus fails, you can't trust his work of salvation, and you have no idea what, what's right, what's wrong. It's basically left up to that it's whatever you feel. Go eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. Well, actually, what that actually leads into is the satanic quote, do what thou wilt. Whatever you feel, whatever you think, whatever you believe. But God says, no, what I say. My word says, my word, which is above my very name, that I preserve unto all generations, that I hold. That whether grass, uh, the grass wither, the flowers fade, the kingdoms rise and fall, my word stands forever unto all generations. If this world is to go on for a billion, trillion years, his word will still be established as a final authority, will still be there, and they can't wipe it out, they can't destroy it, it'll still be there. People are still saved by the same Christ, of the same spirit, of the same cross, of the same blood, of the same work, of the same resurrection as it was at the time of Christ. It's preserved, it's held, and it doesn't matter what cults say, what any other man says, his word is the final authority, what, no matter what I think, what I feel. 
catechisms, creeds, and commentaries are not scripture. They are not our authority. They are nothing but a paperweight. But the word of God is the final authority in all aspects of faith and practice of faith. If the Bible says it, that's what it is. Buck stops here. Not the pulpit, not the preacher, not the prophet, priest, or king, but the word of God. Not the catechisms, the councils, the commentaries, the creeds, the word of God. Creeds are not scripture. Creeds and councils are man's opinion and personal interpretations of what they think the Bible says. The commentaries are what they think the Bible says. We go to, directly to the source. We go directly to the Word of God, to the mouth of God. What God says. Well, I think, well, I feel. It's irrelevant. Because our feelings lie to us every single day, of every moment of every day. You're great one moment, you're in a bad mood the next. Your feelings are going to change. When you get up in the morning, how you feel, and then after a cup of coffee, you feel different. Your feelings change. You can't trust your feelings. You can't trust your thoughts. How many times have we discovered that, oh, I was wrong about that, and you relearn? Well, it's not by your opinions or interpretations, because we're corrupt. We need something to tell us what the truth is, and we need that to be the absolute truth that never changes. Well, since, as the Word of God says, that the Scriptures came from the mouth of God, we take a look at the character of God. God is infinite. He's infinitely holy, infinitely righteous, infinitely true. He cannot make mistakes. He's not the author of confusion. God cannot lie. In Him is no darkness, no shadow of turning. God does not change. He never goes back on a promise. He never goes back on His Word. If He says something, that's what it is. And the Scriptures say that the Scriptures came from His mouth. Well, if it came from Him, then that means this doesn't change. That what this says in a billion years, it'll say the same thing. So we can trust it. We can trust it absolutely. We can bet our lives on this. Now, cult logic says scripture's not enough. Well then, well, I got a question. Well, according to what Timothy says, that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnish all good works. If the scriptures are insufficient, then it says that it's profitable for all doctrine, reproof, and correction, instruction of righteousness, the man of God may be perfect. But if the scriptures are not our final authority, then what else equips us to be perfect? So by that logic then, according to the Catholics and the Orthodox and all of them, they are then saying that their traditions are equal to the word of God. How heretical and blasphemous is that? The word of God, which is above his very name, they are saying that their denominational distinctive traditions are above the very name of Jesus Christ and are equal to the scriptures. You see that? You break it down, you blow away all the fluff and feathers, you get right down to the nitty-gritty, take a look at exactly what they are, what they are, are saying there, what they're implying, and you, and you can hear the voice of Satan. Every time. You study it, you question it, and you take everything to the Word of God, and you see by their logic, what are they implying, what are they saying, what are they stating by this, and you hear the hiss of the serpent every time, yea, hath God truly said. What you think, what you feel. 
your traditions, your religiosity, your denominational distinctives, your robes and your cloaks and your stained glass and your censers and all of your re re religious practices of doctrine, your self-atonement, your goddess worship and all, whatever you think, whatever you feel, whatever you think is mystical that is equal to the word of God. Thus saith Satan. So it's either, I'll end it with this, it's either the word of God is your final authority or you are. That's what it comes down to. That's what that Catholic was saying by his post, whoever it was. That's what the Vatican is saying. And FYI, the Orthodox Church actually came from Roman Catholicism in, 10, in 1054. It was in 1054. It was called the Great Schism because they disagreed in some aspects of Mary worship. And the Orthodox didn't think they should elevate Mary to such a degree, but they still do somewhat. And it's basically, they're just Catholic light. And they broke away and created Orthodoxy. Orthodox is Roman Catholicism light. And they both hold to the same thing, that the Bible is not the final authority. So do Seventh-day Adventists. So do the Mormons. So do the Jehovah's Witnesses. So do the Mennonites. So do the Amish. So does the Church of Christ. So do the Anglicans. So do the Lutheran. So do the Methodist. And on and on and on and on. You can't trust denominations. You can't trust religion. You can't trust any other system. You can't trust anything. You can't trust any person. And I'm telling you right now, don't trust me. Don't take me at my word. Be like a Berean. Take everything that I have said. Take everything that you hear. Bring it back to this. This is your final authority. Not man, system, or anything else. Not what you think, you feel, or anything else. This is your final authority. <clears throat> now, Lord, we do thank you and praise you for this day. And Lord, we do thank you for the absolute trust and relief that it is to be able to just to rely on you for all things. That, Lord, your word is sufficient. That your word perfects us. That what you say is perfect. Lord, we thank you and praise you, Lord, that you are perfect because we are not Lord, we thank you that we can rely on you, that you will teach us all things. You'll cause us to be in remembrance of all things, that you'll even give us the words with which to say in the very same hour. You teach us how to pray. Lord, it's all of you. Lord, we thank you and praise you that we can rely on you, we can trust in you for all things. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember this more and more and the, as we go along, Lord, to bring everything back to you and your word. The Lord, we would question everything and bring it to your word. Uh, to hear and know what is true. Lord, for your words are spirit, they are life. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for this. And Lord, we thank you for this day. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.